Welcome to today's podcast. My name is Pastor Steve. And I am Pastor Daniel. We are so glad that you have joined us for this week's message. Yes, we are indeed. You know, we are praying for you. We are believing the best for you. We believe that God is working in your life. He, uh, When you connect with God, it makes such a difference to you, your life, and yeah. the people around you. Absolutely. You know, why don't we go over to this week's message right now? My word today clearly dropped into my heart by the Holy Spirit some time ago is to ask the question, what does it mean to be born again? If you are already born again, you will know the answer to this. In fact, the answer to this is just look at me and I'll show you the difference. If you don't know, and maybe your experience in the past has just been to go to church, then you will come into this place of say. Somebody said to me a few weeks ago, they came and spoke to me and said, are you one of those born-again Christians? And I looked them in the eye and said, I don't know, because I don't know any other sort of Christian than a born-again Christian. There's not two categories of Christians, born-again and religious Christian. You know, it's not that we are a born-again Christian type church. We're just normal Christians, and we are because we're born again. <laughs> it, it's a simple something. It's like asking me when I was a baby, are you one of those born from your mommy's tummy people? Well, I didn't come as an alien, contrary to some popular opinions. Why are you laughing at that? <laughs> I was born normally, first time, with my mum in the downstairs lounge in Stoke-on-Trent in 1980-70-60-50-something, um, a long time ago, with just the doctor. Those were the days. You watch Call the Midwife, that's now after I was born in the timing, so, and some of you, so don't you look at me like that. That's the normal birth. And being born again is the normal Christian birth of how you become a Christian. Let's read about it in John chapter 3. We're going to read first nine verses. The passage goes on longer, but we're just going to do the first nine verses. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus. He was religious. He was a member of the Jewish ruling council, so he was, he was up there. Uh, he came to Jesus at night. Why? Because he was a scaredy baby. Yeah, he was fearful. He was nervous. And he said, Rabbi, which means that he recognized that Jesus was a teacher. He said, we know that you are a teacher who's come from God, for no one could perform the miraculous signs that you are doing if God were not with him. So he had a recognition. He, he'd seen something. He'd looked at Jesus and said, this is different than what's happening in church, the temple. This is different than what's happening with us as Pharisees. There's something way above and beyond what is normal happening around Jesus. And he wanted to know what it was. Verse 3. In reply, 
Jesus declared. Now, I don't actually see a question in what Nicodemus said. Jesus wasn't waiting for the question. He just said, you know, this has all been happening. And Jesus jumped straight in. In reply, it says, I tell you the truth. In other words, there's, there's no debate about this. There's, there's, you know, there is no truth, untruth, and a gray area in the middle when it comes to God's truth. He said, I'm telling you the, the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. That's what he's saying. And he says, I'm telling you the truth. No one can see. Now, the word see is important in that. I'll, I'll come back to it in a moment. The kingdom of God, unless he is born again. Confusing? He was. And we would have been. And we've got the advantage of having listened to a lot of preaching and had a lot of things happen to us. So we've got an advantage. But for him right now, he was just wide-eyed. He was, he was, what in the world is going on? So number four, verse four, he says, how can a man be bored when he is old? You can hear the, the cynicism in his voice. The question is going on. That's not possible. And Nicodemus said to him, Surely he cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb to be born. It's a stupid answer, but actually it's probably the answer that if I'd have been Nicodemus, I would have also come up with because he had not yet seen the kingdom of God. Because you can't see and understand godly things until you are born again. And verse 5, Jesus said, I tell you the truth. He's telling you it again. In other words, I'm not teasing you. I'm not lying. I'm only telling you the truth. No one can enter the kingdom of God. Now he's saying now, not only just see it, but nobody can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of water and the Spirit small w capital s in the middle of those if you're paying really attention he cannot be born cannot enter the kingdom of god unless he's born of water and of the spirit verse six flesh gives birth to flesh that's natural that's the, that was mommy's tummy bit but the spirit capital s gives birth to the spirit so we're talking about two births going on here. And then in verse 7 it says, You should not be surprised at me saying to you, You must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who was born of the Spirit. How can this be? Nicodemus asked. And the conversation carries on. Hmm. The phrase born again describes what it means, what it is to become a Christian. When somebody chooses to have faith in Jesus Christ. Now Nicodemus was no dummy. He was a scholar. He was a thinker. He was a religious man. But he was afraid of what people saw, would think if they saw him coming to ask Jesus about the miracles that he was doing. So he came at night. Jesus' answer is so insightful. No one can see now, seeing that has got to do with revelation and understanding. You know, you can see religion and not be born again. You can see it in high steeple churches 
all across this land, people see it. They see religion. They see him singing. They see praying. They see preaching. They see the religious thing. They see theater in the same way. They see concerts in the same way. They see TV in the same way. They see Shakespeare in the same way. You can have your Shakespeare experience, your your God experience on a Sunday, your football experience on a Sunday afternoon, they see it, but they don't understand it. You only understand and see the kingdom of God when you are born again. That is why the Bible says in one place that, that the eyes of those who don't believe are blinded. They cannot see spiritual things. Nicodemus was confused, of course, and he asked about being born again from his mother's womb. And Jesus gives now an explanation about being born again. He said, no, 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 it's not a natural birth. It's not fleshly. It's not brought about by the seed of a natural father and the egg of a natural mother. Being born again is brought about because of God himself and only God himself and faith in Jesus Christ. When someone chooses by faith to receive the Savior, Christ Jesus, something happens on the inside of that man or that woman that is so revolutionary, that is so life-changing, that is so transformational that it is nothing short of being born again. You might be six as I was when I first made that decision. You might be 60 when you make that decision. You might to be anywhere in between. You might be super gifted intelligently. You might just feel like you're not that way. But it doesn't make any difference. We come to a place where we believe. And when we believe in Jesus Christ as our Savior, something happens and we get born again. Some people say their upbringing, their home life, their education, their poor start in life is the reason why they've not achieved much. It's true that it is helpful for a child to grow up in a loving and encouraging home, but it is equally true that if that did not happen for you now, because of the grace of Jesus Christ and being born again with your heavenly Father and a family of God, you can have the opportunity of a new start, whether you're a teenager or whether you're a real, fully-fledged, grown-up person who felt like you never had a good start in life and life was against you. I want to tell you something. When you get born again, you get born again into the most incredible family of God with the most loving Heavenly Father who gives you a new start, a new day, new opportunities. Born again where your heavenly father will watch over all of his plans concerning you like a, na a good natural father would do for his children. The perfect heavenly father is watching over his plans concerning you. He's going to sort everything out. He's going to go ahead of you. He's going to be with you. He's going to be your rear guard. He's never going to leave you and never forsake you. Being born again is an incredible safe place to be. And Jesus said to Nicodemus, being born of water, small w, and the Spirit, capital S. Do you remember that bit in what we read? What does that mean? 
Well, it could mean that water refers to your natural birth. After all, you did spend nine months floating around in a sack of amniotic fluid. And just before you were born, your mother's waters broke and then you popped out. Some of you ladies might have had a more difficult moment. But you get the general sense of the word. It could mean that this was your birth by water. And if that is the way that you understand that, then being born of the Spirit, capital S, is actually in contrast to the natural birth. You're talking about some major spiritual birth where you received the life of God. Another view is that actually the water there is not referring to the amniotic fluid in your mother's womb, but it's actually referring to the water that is used in the Bible many times as being a cleansing moment. And actually water and spirit are together, that actually water is often used as a cleansing moment. You know, that you come into the kingdom of God by being cleansed by the water of the Word and the Spirit. And he, some, some people believe that those two things really mean the same thing, and they've come together, the water that cleanses us. Oh, and by the way, Nicodemus would have understood that because that is a very strong Old Testament idea about the water. You know, when they went to the temple, they cleansed it with water. When the priest came to a minister, they cleansed themselves with water. Water was a, it was all part of a cleansing thing. I, I, but you know, whichever way it is, whichever way, whichever of those ideas that you get, you know, water in the Old Testament, symbolic of spiritual renewing and cleansing and spirit, symbolic, not just symbolic, but actually powerful in refreshing and regeneration, whichever it is. Thank God that I came to a place where I was born again. And thank God that you came to a place where you were born again. And you can say, once I was born by my natural parents, I might know who my parents are, and I might not know who my parents are. But one thing I do know, I know who my heavenly Father is. And I've been born again. See, God wants you to see something today, perhaps for the first time. Let me go through these things. Being born again is not about being religious. It's about having a relationship with God through faith in Jesus Christ. You can go to church for your entire life. There's some people watching me right now, and you've considered that going to church gets you the tick. Well, it doesn't get you the tick as far as relationship is concerned. It might be helpful on that journey, but actually the tick comes when you have faith in Jesus Christ and you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior and Jesus then brings you to his Father and says, he's now one of my brothers, one of my sisters and we're accepted in the beloved. Being a Christian is not about doing good things. <coughs> it's not about trying to be good, going to church, praying, giving to food banks. All those things are good. Listen to me. But it's about coming to a personal faith in Jesus Christ. Then, after that, you do those good things, not because you are trying to get the tick in the box, but because actually you always want to be like Jesus in the world in which we are living. And we are good, we are generous, we pray, we come to church, we live a holy life, not to gain any of God's favor and mercy, but because of God's favor and mercy. Do you know that God loved you before you did anything good? 
Bible says in Romans chapter 5 and verse 8, God demonstrates his own love for us in this, that whilst we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He didn't accept you because you were a goody-goody. He came to get you and he came to get me because he loved us. And all he wants to do is respond, us to respond to him. When Christ died, when he shed that precious blood on the cross, he was accomplishing something incredible. He was paying off a debt is what he was doing. He was going before his Father in heaven and saying, I'm paying off the debt of you and me and all of mankind, the debt that we'd had, that we got with God because of our failures, our misdemeanors, our unholiness, our pride, our selfishness, our lustfulness, our waywardness, our greed, our temper, our lies, and all the rest of it. Ooh, that's not uncomfortable, is it? But the truth of it is, we had a debt that we needed to pay to God. Sin separates us from God. But when Jesus died on the cross, oh, he came to take all of that stuff, that list and more, and cleanse us from all unrighteousness, the Bible says. And he takes that package. You know, when he talks about love as not remembering sins against us anymore and all of that sort of stuff, that is the love that God has for us. Uh, <clears throat> that's why we also need to be the same with other people. But you know, God has taken that and forgiven us. I am so glad that my record has been cleansed. I'm sure you are too. You know, I went to school in the old days. Well, not very old days, but these days I understand that school teachers, and we've got some people listening to me right now that are educators, and at the front of their class they have smart boards. Well, I, at the front of my classroom, it was not such a smart board. It was a chalk board. You, how many of people remember chalk boards? How many of you teachers are still writing on a chalkboard? <laughs> now, oh yes, I see. I'm still good. Chalkboard, you could take the rubber and rub it out. I used to get the opportunity to go on. How many of you did it? Wasn't it? It was a great thrill, wasn't it, to be able to go and wipe the chalkboard out. And you went and sat down. What could you still see? The, the writing underneath. You'd taken off the the top of the chalk, but when you went back, you could still see what the teacher had been writing underneath. And it took a really good cleansing of that board to get rid of it. I want to tell you something. God did not take a chalkboard wiper over your life. He did a deep down cleanse of you. And there's no shade. There's nothing left. It's clean. That's what happens when you get born again. See, the Bible says in Romans 3.23 that we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. But then it also says in 2 Corinthians 5, 21, but God made him, that's Jesus, who had no sin, there was nothing written on his chalkboard, who had no sin to become sin, to be sin for us. He took on my chalkboard. He took on my list. He took on all the things that I should have stood in the chamber of justice with God as the judge and to have to have plead guilty for. He took them all so that in him, the Bible says, we might become the righteousness of God. 
It's an incredible exchange. See, what happens is this. We give to God our old life, and He gives to us what? His new life. We give to God our past failures. Guess what? He gives to us a new, clean beginning. We give to God our insecurities, our weaknesses, and He gives to us His strength, His peace, and His promises. You know, being born again gives us a brand new start, a brand new life. That's incredible, isn't it? That's why we love to worship, isn't it? What a great Savior He is. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and 17 says this, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone. The chalkboard has been wiped clean. But it's not just that the record gets cleansed. Actually, there's a work on the inside of us that happens. It's not just that my sins are blotted out. He gives us a new heart. He gives us a new life. He gives us new desires. He gives us new thinking. He gives us new hope. He gives us new faith. He changes us. We are changed. And the, the guy that would have been Ian Critchley before I was born again, and the guy who is Ian Critchley because he's born again, who is still a long way away from being perfect like right now, let me tell you something. But I want to tell you something. I'm nothing like the guy I would have been if I had not been born again. And it wasn't just that my chalkboard has been been being washed away. It is that God has changed me from the inside out and is changing me from the inside out. And the same is true for you. Paul and Silas one night were in a, in a prison jail. They were in, sh in shackles and they started to sing and you know the, the story, the earthquake came. They were, my chains fell off and now I'm free. And the, the, the jailer who was fearing for his life at that moment, said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? He could have said, Sirs, what must I do to be born again? It's the same thing. And Paul and Silas, those early apostles, spoke a word to them that I'm speaking to you today, to all those of you that are watching us at home or wherever you are today. The answer for Paul and Silas to that Philippian jailer was this, you must be born again if you want to be saved and receive the new life that Jesus is asking. Notice these four things. <coughs> this is what it means to be born again. Number one, you become a believer. Your old life is past. Your past failures are forgiven. And none of them will ever be held against you anymore. That is good news. Oh, hallelujah. Number two, this is what it means to be born again. You have a new life, a new hope, a new future, a new home in heaven for your eternal life. Ah, I don't know about you, but I feel excited today. I haven't got much energy to get very excited, but on the inside, I want to tell you something. I'm jumping 10 foot high right now when I start to appreciate again what it means to be born again. Number three, this is what it means to be born again. You have a new set of desires, a new heart with godly attitudes and a godly character. And you start the process of change to become like Jesus. It's called discipleship. It's like becoming an apprentice to Jesus and learning how to live a new and godly life. And I'm still on that apprenticeship journey. That's what it means to be born again. 
And fourthly, this is what it means to be born again. You start a relationship with God. That's the most precious thing. You're accepted as a son or daughter of God. And instead of praying the prayer like a poem, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be your name, you say, My Father. Not only in heaven, but my Father living on the inside of me. My Father. Oh, I am accepted. And God is my Father. I mean, what an incredible thing it is to be born again. What it means to those who are not born again, however, is not such good news. When people have rejected and said, no, I won't have nothing to do with that. When somebody says that in the now, forget God, no way, I want to live my own. The Bible says a day will come, Matthew 7, 23, when he will say to them plainly, the verse says, I never knew you either. Away from me, you evildoers. Those who have not been born again, make no mistake about it, are destined for a hopeless end, a day of judgment, the punishment of their sin, and ultimately hell. Well, that's not popular, feel-good preaching, is it? But that is the truth. The Bible says it very clearly. We read it in John chapter 3. Unless a man is born again, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That is why we need to tell this good news about Jesus to everybody we know. Not in some sort of aggressive, militant sort of way, but we need to be saying to everybody we know, telling everybody we know, you've got to be born again. You need to be born again. And one of the best ways that you can tell people is by living the life. Not just by going out on the, on the, on the pavement and preaching. That might be one of the things that you're called to do, but live the life. Live the life at home. Live the life in your personal life. Live the life in your character. Be like Jesus. Live the life. I want to tell you if something. If you will live the life, the people at work will notice Jesus. If you'll live the life, your neighbors will notice Jesus. If you'll live the life, the family members will say, what changed? And you will say, I am born again. That's what Jesus did. He came to give us new life. I'm so glad I'm born again. And Jesus is inviting you today to be born again. I know that many of you here and many of you watching me at home or wherever you are right now, you've already been born again. Never be ashamed of your salvation. I know that some of you watching though right now and some here, you come to church and you thought that was it. You got the tick. You never really discovered the absolute reality of the relationship with God. Today's your day to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and to enter into the beginnings of a relationship with God. That will change your life completely. It's your day to be born again. John chapter 4, 24 says this, I tell you the truth, whoever hears my word and believes in him who sent me has eternal life and will not be condemned. We escape that judgment that I was talking about in a moment. is passed from death to life. And if we come right back to where we started in John chapter 3 and the other verses that we didn't read. Do you remember we only went up to John 3, 9? But if you'd have gone to John 3, 16, 
You will have heard this, the most famous verse of all. It was to Nicodemus that Jesus was talking, and he said, God so loved the world. And that includes you, Nicodemus. And that includes you, everybody sat in Destiny Church Wakefield this morning and all those watching our broadcast all over the place. The Bible says, if, if you will only believe this, God so loved you that he gave his one and only son for you, that if you will believe in him, you shall not perish but will have everlasting life. Now that's good news. That is, that is good news. That is if you are born again, that's where you've come to. You've received the love of God, and he, he not only sorted out your past, but He changed your life. He changed your heart. He changed you so completely that you can say, I am a new creation. I'm, I was once dead, but now I'm alive. I once had no real purpose for living, but now I have that purpose for living. We sing a song that says, it's amazing grace. Oh, my chains fell off. That's the Philippian jail a bit. And, and now I am free. I'm asking you today, people here, people watching right now, if you've not come to a place where you have given your life to Jesus Christ and you've become a Christian for sure, not religious, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about that personal relationship with God. Why don't you make this day this moment, right now, where you receive God's love, God's forgiveness. And you pray a prayer that says, oh God, I'm giving my heart to you. I'm giving my life to you. Come and become my Savior. And at that very moment when you do that, the word repentance in the Bible, it talks about repentance and belief. The word repentance just means to come to a decision, to choose to give your life to Jesus Christ. If you will do that today, you'll become born again today, and then you'll begin to live the life of an apprentice, of a disciple in Jesus Christ. I want you to stand with me in a moment, would you, and let's join together as we start to sing this song about amazing grace. And if you need to make that decision today, why don't you make it in your heart? I'm going to ask you in a few minutes' time if you made that decision. Make it as we start to sing the song right now. Well, that was a fantastic message, and we pray that you have been blessed by what you've heard today, and we will see you all next time.